new week, new episode, new podcast. It's Friday night. You know what that means. And you know I'm always starting off with a rant, right? Um, I have two rants. One rant is, okay, guys, can you cut it out about complaining about Elizabeth and Sam not getting their montage? I get it. Trust me. I get it. But I do believe right now, GH is all about the present. And at this present time, or at the present time, the two most important women to Jason leading up until his air quotes disappearance was Carly and Britt. So I'm so sorry, but that's just the facts. That's just what it is. And you have two great actresses who can really play, play off each other really well, play grief and loss really well on top of that so let them live let them have their moments i just i'm loving every bit of it the bridge did confuse me yes other than that i am loving every bit of it so please stop complaining all right so i just want to get this uh smaller storyline out the way not that it's smaller but it really only came on on Monday and we didn't really see too much of that but I think it is important to touch upon um obviously Poppy visits TJ Curtis's dad visits TJ at the hospital assuming Curtis already told TJ the truth that didn't happen so he ended up telling TJ TJ takes it kind of well he doesn't take it bad I mean he's confused he's kind of taken aback but you know he kind of is open to something i wouldn't say a relationship but he's open to answers i guess if that helps um curtis didn't like that really much but i like that he told he like he kind of told tj stay away if i was you but not gonna but also not gonna force him and you know poppy made a point like you know whatever me and you got going on me and you got going on don't influence tj he's a grown man let his make his let him make his own decision and I absolutely agree. And listen, he's on the canvas. Poppy's on the canvas now. So we got to make room for him. Let's see what happens. I love Portia. I love me some Portia. But she was already, last week she was already at the Savoy after Curtis told her what happened. And he was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to make Thanksgiving. And she was, you know, I think she was a little heartbroken over it. But she was like, okay, no problem. Not going to force you. Then we see her at the hospital calling him again saying um after she told him no big deal and then call him again to make sure he doesn't really want to come i don't want to say i'm disappointing in her i just know she was more concerned about him not wanting to be alone for the holidays and we really still haven't seen any sort of like passionate sexy scenes between them so i'm just assuming that she's still kind of finding her footing in their air quote relationship and she's just being a little thirsty now um i know i'm very very like vigilant and aware of how many times I call a guy especially in the beginning how many if I'm the one reaching out first and all that I know it's silly I know it's petty but Porty, Portia like he already done told you however obviously we see them all work it out and they bring Thanksgiving to the Savoy which I thought was a really cute idea um I thought Poppy was gonna show up but he didn't and I guess that's for everyone to have a good time why not could it went could have done without the um, Nina Philistines. And all of a sudden, Nina's invited Phyllis to Thanksgiving, which is cute. Phyllis obviously shouldn't have been alone. But I don't know. Like, I have an issue with um, Portia Kiki and with Nina, like, being okay with Nina. Is it is it to be courteous for Curtis? Is it, like, to be nice because that's Curtis's friend? Um, and then now Elizabeth is at Thanksgiving with Finn. So now after Elizabeth then told Carly, like, if I were you, I'd do whatever. I'd, I'd take revenge. I'd take action if somebody did that to me. And now she's breaking bread with Nina. I just, I didn't like it. Wasn't here for it. Um, if they were going to have Elizabeth on, on Monday or for a Thanksgiving dinner, I would have liked to see her maybe have her own dinner with scott and the kids or something like that you know or maybe her and cam obviously all a lot of stuff had occurred but maybe her and cam prepping to go over to the corinthos house for thanksgiving you obviously because jocelyn was going to be there i did like 
how Jocelyn and Cam were volunteering and um, Carly brought food over to the hospital for Thanksgiving and how hard they work and her staff bringing all those dishes over. I thought that was cute. I thought that was just so, just so thoughtful and just a good little message for, for the viewers, for the audience, you know, like the clock doesn't stop at the hospital, you know? All right, this also just happened on one episode, but it was very vital, very funny, very important. And I think it was the start of um, an umbrella story. But the Cassidine Davis um, Thanksgiving, which was very eventful, as Valentine will call it, the orphan Thanksgiving. Um, it's cute because I, you know, Victor shows up and even Victor and Valentine, as evil as they are, not saying Valentine's evil, but you know who he is. Um, but Victor's evil as they are. No one really wants to be alone on Thanksgiving. And they invited themselves, which I think is really funny. I think it's so funny that Victor's just like, oh, let me stroll over to my niece's uh, niece's um, house and have a meal because I'm out and I'm free. And why not? She's family. So it's just like the, the audacity and the um, entitlement. It's just so funny. Um, but... It was all quiet. You had Alexis, you had Sean, you had Esme, you had um, Spencer. Cute, even though um, Alexis is on to Esme. She was like, I don't, it's not that I don't like her, I just don't trust her. And that's worse. That's worse to not like someone is to not even trust them. You could like not like somebody for stupid reason, but to not trust somebody is worse. So I think that was a very important comment she made. Um, you have Nicholas and Ava pop up, which I thought was funny, but that made more sense. You know, that made more sense than, I let's say, Victor. And it's so funny because this whole time, like, Spencer's just throwing a tantrum. Everyone's all happy to pop up and have a meal. Spencer's just like, what the heck? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Oh, hey, Uncle Victor. So I thought that was really funny. And Esme's just here for the drama. The, she's loving all of it. Her facial express, her expressions, her smirks. She is just here for all of it. Just a little confused because, like, Victor comes in, everyone's arguing, rightfully so. Everyone has every everyone has a reason and a point of argument, uh, arguments. And I think Victor's like the one, he like whistles and it's just like, I'm the patriarch of this family and we need to be a united front and we need to be stronger. And I don't know, like I, I took it as he was just basically stating people are coming for us. And I don't know if people means Peter, but you know, if Peter feels portrayed by Victor and Victor's family is Valentine and Alexis and Sam as an extension, you know, Peter might be coming for all of them. So Victor makes a, made a point and I hope, are they going to make them good or at least make them useful rather than just being evil and vindictive? I hope. I like them. I really like me some Victor. I love, love Mr. Shaughnessy, Mr. Sheffield, whatever you want to call him. He just brings something different to the soap opera in my opinion honestly like there's just something prime timey about him i guess which um i really love and i can't complain i love how alexis tells sam like how her thanksgiving trumps any quarterman they quarter thanksgiving when she's catching up with sam and kind of telling sam basically you know they're kind of just catching up and she took very well to the her and dante information which we'll get into and, you know, Sam suggests that Alexis joins her in her PI business and that and then it, I love how they start kind of arguing like whose first name is going to go first and how they should get their own reality show. We'll get into the whole Sam Dante thing, but I guess they're going to give her something to do other than pining over Jason, which she hasn't in a year. But I think that now that Jason's gone air quotes gone and she's not part of the whole mob family part of it because she still technically is part of the Corinthos um as an extension through Dante but I think they're gonna give her more lightweight fun stuff to do I hope um I like her when she's serious when she's mourning when she's grieving when she's really going through it too because she is a really good actress I like when she's doing that but we'll see I'm here for it I'm excited to see uh, Sam and Alexis joined forces. Let's see. While we're on the topic of Sam, we might as well go there. Sam and Dante make it official. All caps. Um, it's not all. It's not just the whole blending of the families, obviously. 
Um, it's also the whole, you know, they take it to the next level bedroom after Sam finds out about Jason, which I, all right, let's backtrack a little. I loved her reaction to Drew. I love just her initial reaction was just going in for a hug. You know, she saw Drew, didn't know about Jason yet and just assumed all was well. So I just love that. Like you saw like a relief from that. Like she just felt like a relief, like a weight lifted kind of hug, which I loved. And the screen test to me is beautiful. I love seeing them on together. Um, there's definitely a height disparity between Dante and Drew, but who cares? We're not going to go there. Sam does seem to care about it. Um, so I just loved the whole, the slow build of their relationship. It's a little weird. It is a little weird. The whole Sam and Dante thing and who they have in common or whatnot. But, you know, I think that they can make this work. Everything's temporary, except for Carson. <laughs> but I think they could somewhat make it work for now. Um, you know, she was... You know, Drew was kind of there to give her the news, give her the information. She was happy she's back. Happy Scout got her father back. Scout was a little intimidated, kind of didn't remember who he was. Went towards Dante, which I thought was a little ouch. But he understood. He took it well. And, you know, it's just he, he kind of gave them their time, left them alone. We'll get into Drew later. But um, Sam and Dante, you know, Dante's kind of there to help her grieve. If I were Sam... I would have wanted the time to just process all of that. I think, I know I went on my little rant. We don't, listen, we don't need Sam having her montage. Of, you know, I'm not complaining about that. But even if it was just like a second of her just tearing up on her own. And, you know, I just would have wanted that time. But in Soapland, nope, she doesn't want the time. She wants someone around who she can kind of grieve and be vulnerable around <laughs> and that was Dante and he you know he was respectful respectable about it was kind of like are you sure I can go um when he kissed her real passionately he was like I'm sorry I know that was a little too much and she was like no like this is exactly what I want and you know after the next day after they did what they did and you know Sam was like that was a long time coming like damn was it um it started a few months ago, though. So, you know, they didn't jump right into bed. And I know they, they thought it was probably weird as much as the viewers did, but they ended up kind of taking it there. And we'll see. I will see. I love how she was talking to Dante and kind of justifying why she left Jason and basically why it didn't work between them. And if it did and if they were still together, how she says, like, she wouldn't have been able to recover from this. And so she knows, like she told, she knows she made the right decision. And like she told Alexis, like, you know, I was happy. I'm happy Drew's back. I'm upset Jason is gone. But I just got this closure, this epiphany. Like, I'm just over all that. I want to move on. I'm happy. She wants to move on with Dante. But um, it just goes to show, like she said, if she, she wouldn't have recovered from that, she's a strong person, but she's not built for this life. She didn't say that, but that's what she was saying. She's not a Carly. Carly's been through, we know, you know what, and we'll get into all that. Carly keeps going on. And Sam probably would have been in Shady Book or something if she was with Jason. Especially losing him twice. If she was in an intimate relationship with him and then you kind of lost him twice. I get it, girl. I get it, girl. So obviously with everything happening and Sam and Dante finding out the news... They didn't quite make it over to the quarter mains as planned. So the quarter main, Drew ends up coming back to the quarter mains and Monica's so happy to see him. Obviously he does, he has to deliver not so good news about Jason. And man, has Monica been through it. When you think about all the kids she's lost and lost twice, like she had to lose AJ twice. <laughs> she had to lose Jason twice. Not that it's funny, but it's like, man, she's been through it. And then not only that, when you really go back in time and everything she's been through with Alan Quartermain. Um, Pierre 54 is doing such a great job, by the way, if you want to go listen or follow them. And they're doing a whole, it's been weeks, almost months at this point, a whole um, just recapping Alan Quartermain's life. And in that, you know, you hear a lot about what Monica has been going, has gone through with him 
And man, this woman has been through the ringer. Oh my gosh, you gotta respect a woman like that. But um, it's sad, they're sitting around talking about Jason. Drew talks about these talks he had with Jason, which we did not see on screen. Do not appreciate that. I would have loved to see maybe one or two episodes of them just talking about maybe Oscar and like Drew said, what they how their childhood was like. I would have liked to see that. Um, Monica talking about how happy Jason was, how happy he was at the wedding, how she knew her, him and Carly were best friends, but she knew there was more there. And, you know, Olivia, like, just feeling so sad for Carly and Sonny. And I don't know that Monica wanted to hear that at the time, but it's not like this time Jason died because of Sonny's business. Jason died trying to take down Peter and basically all in all save Maxie. So Monica got to understand that. But um, it was just so, it was sad. And then, you know, you have Monica talking to Drew about, you know, I would have thought, you know, basically saying something along the lines like um, his old life, meeting Sam and Scout. And everyone's forgetting, even when Maxie brought it up, everyone's forgetting that like Sam and Drew hadn't had been together for almost a year and a half before Drew disappeared. You know, so technically it's not his old life. Yeah, he always was around Scout, always had Scout. Scout was at the quarter means, but they weren't anything when he passed away. And I want to assume that he was over it. Maybe not. Maybe we'll, this is what will come out of all of this now that he's back. But, um, you know, you got that moment. And then you got Liv and Ned, you know, obviously grieving and then discussing what this means with Drew being back, how he has to basically use Drew to get the shares back from Valentine, which we'll get into. Um, so you got a lot of that quarter main tea, quarter main drama, quarter main. It was a very sad, obviously, Thanksgiving. Nothing too excited except for, um, you know, the annabelle the, the second or the third in the turkey and of course they gotta order pizza again but you know it was cute it was melancholy um a good good thing that i know drew mentioned it how i totally forgot about this i don't know because it's cameron matheson or just because he hasn't been on in almost two years but like he was the villain he came on as a conditioned villain when helena was like controlling him and you forget how much havoc he reeked in Port Charles back in, uh, what was that, 2014, 2015? So, um, and now he's just this hero, you know? Um, but it's good. You know, obviously it was a turnaround. It wasn't anything he did intentional. But um, it totally, just totally was lost on me, honestly. And then you have the little Drew and Maxie catch up jukes jukesy i don't know whatever you want to call it um you know they're catching up a little bit um i it was it was cute it was honest i didn't know that peter i mean drew and little james were tight i don't know if i missed something there but um you know she talks about to kind of vents to drew about if she could take it all back it would be before peter but then she wouldn't have louise so that was cute. That was sad. They have a little catch up. I'm a little scared though, because we see, I mean, I guess I'll get into all of it, but we see how Peter's just totally, totally um, happy. He's not that, like, he's not that worried that he's in cuffs. He's totally confident about him getting Maxie back. So I'm a little scared with Drew around Maxine. I don't know if that's why they kind of put it together on camera. But um, I know he means well right now, Drew, but is he going to be easily conditioned still? We don't know. And he made a point talking to to Carly and Sonny about like, I don't know if I'm even safe around Maxie. I don't know what kind of what this guy's done to me. So he does need to be careful and she needs to be careful. Um, But Peter's crazy. Yo, he is psycho. Like he's just too much. And then... First of all, kudos to Wes Ramsey because when you see him talking to Austin about like, oh, I know who you are. And Austin's like, yep, that's right. You know, I helped birth your daughter kind of thing. And you see in a quick shot, he's like listening. This was like Austin's line as Austin's talking. And in a quick shot, you see like 
Peter, like, hands just shaking, like, pissed. You see the veins coming out of his hands. And, you know, kudos to Wes Ramsey for, for really committing to the role because, like, he puts his whole body and soul into this character. And, again, I know we're not huge fans of Peter's character because he's just a villain and wreaks havoc and always dips in and out the canvas, but you got to give it to Wes Ramsey for just, you know putting his all into it like just it's, it's scary almost it's almost scary but um Austin's got him pegged Austin's Austin's got his number and he's not here for it he wants to keep a very close eye on him obviously Brit is on to him and it's like is that the only reason but you know again we'll see because now I see a Drew and Maxie pairing versus a Drew and Austin pairing I don't know I'm all over the place but um I loved how Austin was kind of like stabbing him with the needles trying to take his blood and it was just he knew what he was doing he wasn't gonna kill anybody he knew exactly as a quote-unquote doctor he knew where you know where he was like poking the veins at but um I don't know I'm kind of scared for Austin now that Drew and now that Peter is around him and know who who he is now and got a little jealous about like yeah let's if you guys are friends just keep it that way just, just keep it that way, you know, because I, I, I'm a hopeful romantic for me and Maxie. Like, psycho, man. Psycho. So psycho, but so good. So we're going to see. Obviously, you see him kind of taunt Nina, which we'll get into. But um, ugh, the, the one day we get him on screen, the one day, the last day of the week we get him on screen, and he is just a terrorizing the world. Speaking of Maxie and Peter, let's just segue right into Louise Bailey. Um, Valentin's not a happy camper. He's not a happy camper. And he's another one who just decides to pop up at the court of maids with his toothpick in his mouth, which I thought was really funny. Very, like, just street of him. I don't know. I don't see how many guys who act all cocky with the toothpick, and it's just too triggering. But um, he goes right, he goes in on Brooklyn, calling her the runt of the court of main litter liar deceiver i mean and she she kind of defends herself but also takes it because she understands the hurt she understands where this is coming from and what she calls so it takes chase to like stick up for her and punch him in the face and i mean it was just crazy but i like how chase just keeps sticking up for her and just keeps and it's just there for her and really is committed to being there for her um Brooklyn like really committed to it isn't taking any crap from anybody and you know even when Maxie tells him like you guys aren't cut out for this <laughs> like Valentine will die for his daughter Valentine gets dirty like that's who I need protecting my daughter and you know what she's right honestly like there, there there's a Valentine and a Chase who would you rather have on your side exactly so um she she makes a good point but he's committed he's committed to like nothing's gonna happen I'll, I'll die for her too trust me nothing's gonna happen on my watch they're all convinced this is gonna work even brooklyn's like you make a point but like now you're just do doing things out of fear don't let peter put that fear in you like let's be smart about this so this is just a mess this is just a huge mess um I like how Chase pointed out to, to Brooklyn, like, you know, all these people are hurt. Yeah, but when when and if you have to give Bailey back, who else is going to be hurt? You. Like, you have such a good relationship with her and your motherly instincts are kicking in. And, you know, don't, don't, don't short yourself either. You know, don't count your feelings out either, which I thought was very cute and very thoughtful. Um valentine gets all petty and mad because chase basically punched him in front of everybody and during his grief which i'd be mad at too and then gets goes to the pcb pd and gets him suspended i don't think that was gonna happen but and he does tell chase he regrets it and i do believe that he does he does regret it but it's kind of like damn that was a reach and then he gets suspended for punching like valentine like seriously that that was just i think this is to kind of get him off the force so he could become more gritty i guess because that was just unnecessary. That was just a reach. Um, but I think, you know, if Valentine's claiming to really love and care for Bailey, then sabotaging Bailey's real, quote unquote real father isn't the move. And I'm sure he has to know that and has to understand that. Um, but of course, again, you can't take away from his pain and his anger. And, you know, he 
he tells Anna basically what happened and gets angry and she's also like cut it out like you're not about to do anything crazy um say your goodbyes this is tough for you I'm not taking that away from you but you know move on that way you're not like walking in anger because he wants to make Brooklyn pay like he's like if I have to suffer she has to suffer and Anna's like that's not like even though they come they have this understanding about like secrets and lies and all that, that that's not the Valentine she knows now and she probably she doesn't want to be with that type of Valentine. and you know he basically get over in a mature way and he takes her advice and he bickers a little bit with Brooklyn in the um at the Cordomay mansion when he goes back but he gets his goodbyes which is sad which is such good acting and I love that Brooklyn did that for him. She knows she had to. She had no other choice. You know, when you see her getting a little upset about it too, and then you see Maxie kind of walk in on it and get a little upset about it, and it hurts her feelings. It's like she says, she's just, and I don't know what her plans were walking out. I really don't know what she's planning on doing by walking out saying, I'm, I hurt too many people. I hope she goes to visit Peter, honestly. Kind of tell him off again. Um... And, you know, everyone's everyone's mourning this. And, you know, Drew is like, you know, this is sad for him. And I know you don't really don't know what his next move is. But if it wasn't for him and Anna, I, I wouldn't be here. And I like that he made that point. I hope that they continue. Maybe not friendship, but acquaint, acquaintance, I guess. I hope they continue that because I think it's important and special. And we'll see what happens. They were locked up together at some point. That got to that gotta count for something, right? Okay. So this started last week and trickled into this week and I just, I can't, I can't. The Brando Sasha baby saga is just so sad. I just don't know why they couldn't give them a happy ending. Not an ending, just a happy birth. But I did say this a couple weeks ago about like, you know, unfortunately that's just the reality of birth sometimes. Not all the time, but they are just giving us angst and showing us that not every birth is your ideal birth like Carly told Sasha like I'm sorry it's not the experience that you hoped for but you'll become strong out of this but man it's so cute though because Brando is just so freaking supportive he is just such a good man and he tells Sasha like we're family at this point it's about being vulnerable and being yourself and and not really and just kind of letting yourself go in front of your, your your people. And he's like, I'm your people. I'm your family. And I thought it was very, just so vital and important for her to have that. Um, it just sucked. You know, if you go back to Thursday, you know, Sasha's waking up. She thinks she's hearing a baby cry. And at first I thought she was going to go a little crazy. Like when she had first felt I'm like, uh-oh, this is what we're doing with her. But it was just grief. And, you know, you woke up to no baby. You kind of woke up to not really knowing how your baby is. You gave birth, you had surgery, you had to get the rest, you wake up and you're like trying to get to your son. I mean, again, I'm not a mother, but I just cannot imagine. And the worry word that I am, forget it. Um, I, I was a little like ugh, taken back by the whole, um, this girl who's like, oh, you're the face of deception, let me take a picture. I thought she was going to like follow them until the baby's like where the baby was and kind of send it over to like whatever the TMZ is of Port Charles and then it was going to be all over the media about like the face of Deception's baby isn't isn't doing so well. I don't know. I just thought it was going to be like that, but she looked like a wannabe Gladys. Um I loved how they were at they were able to get Sasha to see her baby. Um I can't stand Nina, but I was happy she was able to help. And I hope she's not lying to uh nurse Amy. I hope she really does give her a spotlight in crimson at this point i mean she has the power to do so so she better not lie to her and she better do that um but you know like carly and sunny visiting them how they're really talking about the importance of family and then they walk in and i just love how carly's just there for her holding her kissing her on her forehead like i'm always here for you no matter what like i'm happy to do it I, after what she's going through and they did very well with you know, just the whole acting of it, but Carly also saying basically like 
go she didn't want to go in and be all upset and crying in front of her but you so you could still kind of see the hurt in carly but you could see her really being supportive there so the face acting i'm telling you the face acting of it all is great but um that's just somebody carly and nina also have in common is sasha because sasha i mean nina ain't going nowhere nina's gonna be by sasha's side and so is carly so not really sure but at the end of the day, the most important part is that their family's there. And we'll see what happens next. I'm really rooting for baby Liam. Such a cute name, first of all. But I'm so, so rooting for them. I love Sunny talking to Brando about, you know, just being a father. And you never not worry, but you don't let fear control you. And you think about the good times. And he straight up said it like, I know Josh is not biologically mine, but that's my daughter. I'm her dad. And the scariest thing right now is a teenage daughter, especially if it's Carly's teenage daughter. He didn't say that, but I can imagine. And um, just cementing that family. I'm sorry. He cemented that family. And with Jack's off the canvas, like, that's the dad Joss knows. That's the dad Joss is going to go to. That's that's Joss's dad. Joss is a Corinthos. <laughs> Point blank, period. But um, it was just, it was beautiful. It was heartfelt, extremely sad. And I'm just rooting for this baby. Like, I really hope he pulls through the tubes, the blankets and all that. Those does sound a little scary. I mean, Donna's condition wasn't that bad. And I loved how, you know, they kind of asked Carly and Sonny, like, I know you kind of went through a similar thing with Donna and Carly's like yes we did and you know we were there for each other and he you were supportive then she looks at Sunny like you really don't know how supportive you were and he was like and you were supportive for me and you were there for me and it brought us together and I think grief either the loss of a child or just the sickness of of, of a, a shared loved one could really bring you together or break you apart so We'll get into the whole Sunny Carly Nina drama, but um, I think at the time, back in two thousand nineteen, they they were it, they were a strong unit, and they really had to be there for their baby and be there for each other, just like Brando and Sasha have to rally around each other now. So I thought it was just a great monologue. I thought it was just just the whole family part of it, and them being there for each other and talking. I just thought it was just so. I love stuff like that. I really do. And again, I'm just rooting for the baby. I'm rooting for the family. And I hope we do see a Thanksgiving next year where Carly's still with Sunny and Brando and Sasha and the baby come and he's probably already 14 next year. So I want to see it. All right. I don't, I have so much. I don't even know where to start, but we'll, I guess we'll start with Monday and just roll right on down the week. Carly and Sunny get the news about Jason. I loved the contrast of how they found out and the frame going from Sunny to Carly, from Sunny to Carly. I just, I loved everything about that. You saw how they grieved and they processed information in their own way, but was still hard for them. And, you know, it's, it's like I said earlier, like I loved seeing how Carly was feeding the hospital and bringing her staff to send food. You have Sunny singing in the kitchen cooking drinking his scotch and then just boom you know just everything kind of stopped them in their tracks so that was tough to see just in general just in real life imagine and I'm sure that I mean that happens to me that that has happened to me just recently you know you're going about your day you just had a good day you're cooking you're listening to music and then you just get like a wave of bad news and it just stops you in your tracks so one you saw the shock part of it then you saw the, the them processing the information. Then you saw them grieving, grieving in their own way, grieving together um, as a couple, as a married couple, you know, as a united front, as someone who really loved and cared for, for this man. Carly claims, I think Carly loved and cared for him a little more. I think she's definitely cementing that in all her conversations with Sunny and Britt. But, you know, again, we'll start where Britt runs into Sunny, I mean to Carly and tells her the information and Carly's like no you're gonna say it say it out loud I want to hear you say it and you see how she 
just goes in on Brit. Like he left because of you. And I wish he would have never met you because this would have never happened. And Brit's just taking it all in. Brit's sad. She's emotional. Um, she's like, I, you know, I cared about him too, and I'm sorry. And you see, I love how okay, I'm all over the place because again, not only does the story it's a story good, it's just the way it all played out, the way Carly Carly's grief played out, and will still play out. But she goes from being really mad at Britt, really just, I mean, throwing all the punches at her, um, coming home to Sonny, seeing him in the kitchen, not realizing he knew. So she's like, Ugh, how do I tell him? Because she, she sees him still chopping stuff up. So she cries. She has her, you know, has her like one little flashback of, you know, make sure you're safe because you always say that, which I knew when she said that. Well, you always say that something was happening. They had already plans for him to get off. We knew that that was the end of that. Um, and then Sunny comes out and they just go in and they just hug each other and they talk about it. Um, and Carly is just, and Sunny's letting her. So this is what I like is that Carly is saying a lot of things that might be a little bit of a gut punch to Sunny. But also, Sunny's being very understanding and very like letting her, letting her grieve, letting her be her. And I loved, what about like when he's in the kitchen with Anna and, you know, I loved how they had their scene and Anna was the one to tell him and they had their little friendly moment. And then like in the, in the middle of conversation, he goes, oh, Carly, damn Carly. Like, I loved how he showed that concern for her. Um, you know, then they're talking in the kitchen. I love how they're both, both drinking their scotch. And Carly's like, I don't want to give up hope. I don't want to give up hope. You know, I gave up hope on, you know, everyone else gave up hope on you. I could feel you. I knew you were alive because of what we have. And Sunny's like, and you were the woman in the white dress I had to get back to. So I could understand why Carly's like, so let's not give up on Jason. But Sunny's like, I know, but that was like tons of, it's like thousands, thousands and tons of just, whatever collapsed on him trying to make it seem like it's over but Sonny you fell in cold water off a bridge I mean <laughs> that could have been something you couldn't have came back from either and you can't blame Carly her husband came back Jason came back two three years ago so you really can't blame her for holding out hope but you see her kind of no I guess you see her eventually kind of lose that throughout the week but um she even tells him, like, I knew, you know, I knew Jason before you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's the most important person to me, us. And he let, again, he lets her. He lets her say whatever. He lets her grieve. Um, and I don't know. There was just a lot to dissect here. Um where do I start? Okay, so she's talking about her love for Jason. You see her facial expressions through it all. Her confusing, her like kind of looking up in the air and just, it seemed like she was just, she felt guilty. She just felt guilty of how things ended because she had to kind of take a step back. Even though he was in Crete, she didn't really have the chance to really talk to him like that anyway, but like, she like she was telling everybody like I had to take a step back from my friendship with Jason to make sure things are all good with Sunny and make that work too because it's still a little weird for everybody understandably so right but I think what's gonna happen is that she's gonna find out about the Honina thing and we'll get into in a couple minutes but that's gonna all come out and I think before she gets she's even mad at Sunny for keeping the lie. I think it's going to be like, you couldn't tell me the truth, but me and Jason were upfront and honest about you. And I had to take a step back to make you happy. And I lost that time with my friend. I lost that connection with my friend, which I think is going to happen here. She's going to reevaluate all of it, reevaluate her feelings for Jason, reevaluate that Sunny's back, reevaluate what she really feels for Sunny, 
because, you know, it's just going to, I feel like it's going to open her eyes to a lot of things. Um, obviously, we see she goes to the footbridge and she has that montage of Jason. And then Britt pops up and she has a, and her and Britt, she actually apologizes to Britt. And for Carly, that's big. That's huge. And I love that. And I love that. She questions her generosity now that Jason's not around, but you see it trickle in now, too. I think in honor of Jason, you're seeing that side of Carly come out. For some people, <laughs> not all. But um, she says it again. He was my person. He was my other half. As weird as that sounds. Um, I just thought that was so weird. And I know we have, again, we have to let her grieve and we have to kind of let her go through the motions. But... Sonny ain't never really, really said that about anyone else. Not even Brenda. He always says that about Carly. Everything Carly is saying about Jason, Carly has always said that about... Sonny has always said that about Carly. You know what I mean? So I feel like, you know, she has her moment with Britt. She kind of leads into her. They cry together. She sees her again at the hospital, which I think is beautiful again. And they have their moment and she apologizes to come to her again, holds her hand and just says, you know, Britt basically says how like I could be me and I don't have to worry in front of Jason. And it's an amazing feeling to have somebody like that. And I'm just like, you don't have that with Sonny. So everything you're saying about Jason, you don't have that with Sonny. You don't have... Any of that with Sunny. Sunny doesn't give you none of that. Really? Why are you married then? I just, I it really made me question Carson for a second. Why are you married then to somebody? Why can't you just, I just didn't get it. Like, is it territory? Is it because you're territorial over him because of the time and the history? Is it the business? Is it just the optics of it all? Like the Carly of the Port Charles has to be with the Sunny of Port Charles. That just, I was just so aggravated by that but she does make a point if anybody knows grief <laughs> it's her um but again i love the the carly brit rising the friendship rising um i hope it continues um brit is really supportive really understanding and even when they were in a hospital like brit was on her phone she was she didn't really look up and carly was like hey brit you know carly tried to get her attention and just wanted i get again i just think she wanted to kind of share in that moment that she was having with um Brit after she made that call to Monica which was sad and I like that she kind of showed concern and had the conversation with her via voicemail and um, I think Monica is going to call her back or I think in some at, at some point in time they're going to have their moment but um you know even Brit, you know, Brit felt almost felt the same way. Obviously not as strong because it wasn't as much history, but Brit tells Austin like he was my person. That's someone I would want to share a wishbone with and just saying all these nice things about him and the connection she felt. And it's funny because Austin's like, well, I don't really know him. He was my cousin, but he was an ele he was a hitman. And Brit's like had a corrupt and like alleged hitman with the quickness. So I loved how she kind of defended him like that and his memory like that. I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's just so complicated. Jason's loss complicates a lot on the canvas. And not to get into this, but to the, to the credit of the writers, I'm sure that they had, cause they write months in advance. So I'm sure that without them not really knowing that he was going to be off the show, they had a whole other plot, I'm sure. And then they had to kind of go back to the drawing board and sketch a whole new story, which I think is good. I think it's played out and written very well and it brings people together, tears people apart. Um, but I don't know, I'm here for it, I love it. Anyway. So Carly leaves, Sonny's concerned because he gets the call from Cyrus, who this little roach that Cyrus is. And in the moment you assume, damn, did, did he, does, is he tracking Carly? Does he know where Carly is? And then he calls Spinelli. I'm thinking to track Carly and it's to track Cyrus's burner phone. <laughs> like for real. But here comes Spinelli and he shares that um, 
moment with Spinelli and tells him about it. And Spinelli, like, I'm sorry, but his, his acting was so good, so sad. There was nothing, like, sarcastic or funny about it. And he hugs, which you see a little mic trickle in. Because <laughs> Sonny would have never hugged Spinelli. So I thought that was special. I thought that was cute. But also, you know, he said it. He even said it. Like, I know things were a little complicated before Jason left. And I'm just really happy you guys were able to hash it out. Um, and Sonny just kept saying in a few conversations, he just kept saying, you know, this was his choice. Like, he knew the risk he was taking. And unfortunately, it ended, you know, this is how this was his fate. And I'm just like... Are you shading him or are you just defending your choice and the biz and the life that you live in the business that you're in? So he I, I didn't like that how he said it on more than one occasion. So I was a little taken back with that, but I could just be overthinking it and may, he, I'm sure he didn't really mean anything by it. Carly eventually comes back home and we see little baby Donna. We have those moments. Um, I have my own theory why we're seeing that on camera. And I'll get into that. But um, first of all, they changed Donna real quick. Like, we don't notice. But she's cute. She's a lot cuter. She's serving mood. She's serving looks. She is a Corinthos through and through. Like, she is not here for Drew. Like, who are you? You're a stranger. She's not even here for Carly. She is all about Sunny. <laughs> so I thought that was really cute. She's, like, rubbing her eye, cuddling on Sunny, not really looking at her mom like that. Um, so I thought that was really cute. But you see them discuss business in front of Donna which I thought was very interesting because even when Michael was little um or even like Avery was like oh here um Pilar take her take her to another room or they always made sure the kids weren't around so I think this is another big statement that they're talking my business in front of Donna like this is this is Donna's life this is what Donna is is about to be born into and Donna Corinthos that's a strong name and at some point, she's going to be running the organization. So you might as well just teach them while they're young. <laughs> but, um, you know, they weren't holding back. You see her kind of eye Donna a little before she goes, all right, so what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do? But doesn't really get her out the room, you know. And then here comes Drew. And I was just a little confused, not going to lie. Carly running towards Drew, giving him a big hug. The guards kind of letting him in. And, you know, Sonny's saying, hey, here's Uncle Drew. Like, What? Are you kidding me? There was, there was, there was familiarity there, you know, once Jason came back, but they obviously dropped Drew like a hot potato. And I didn't really see a lot of scenes with them like that. I know with the whole Joss and Oscar thing, um, they would share a few scenes together, but they weren't even that, you know, it wasn't even that significant. I know when, um, Avery, when Mike took Avery to the stables, Drew used Aurora to help get the word out for even Sunny. But even then, I just don't remember anything significant leading up to Drew's disappearance. So I was a little confused by that. But, you know, we see them kind of mourn Jason together. And then Drew kind of updating them on how it all happened and what happened and the who's and the what's and the why's of Crete. Um, it's so funny because like you hear, you see like Sunny and Kari listening about like the whole conditioning and it's just like they, they, I feel like they deal with more real life mob stuff than, you know, mask or conditionings and all that. Like they don't got no time for that. Um, but it was cute. I think we had to see that on camera to kind of cement, you know, that friendship um or triangle whatever you want to call it so i think that's what that was there for i think we're seeing donna now because obviously there's going to be some angst and some drama between sunny and carly so they want us to show us the family scene and they want us to show us what what, what will be affected in all this obviously um so i think that's what that was for but also you know if I don't even want to say if they so if Sunny and Nina kind of end up together or something temporary where you know maybe Carly leaves for a little bit out the house and 
they're separated and Sunny and Nina decide to embark on something and they have shared custody and now Nina's around Donna, Cell, and Avery, you know, which Ava wouldn't mind, but I don't know. I think that could be why we kind of saw Donna too. We might see her a lot more in, in, in the midst of all this drama, but that, you know, again, I, my mind goes into a whole different space with them and the, and the what's and the what ifs and what could happen. So, you know, that's why, that's why I think that's there. But, um, you know, they, they walk into, they're in the hospital, they're in the elevator and Sunny's like, you know, I don't want Monica to feel alone, just like you shouldn't feel alone. And I don't want uh, Brando and Sasha to feel alone. So let's do this together. And then boom, they bump into Nita. And once Carly kind of goes off on her, Sunny likes Carly, Carly, Carly like, you you just told me you don't want me to feel alone. And now, again, you're defending her against me. Like, I would have flipped out. I would have yelled at Nina and be like, and you shut up too. Like, I'm just over this, over this, over this. Um, It was quick, though. She kind of gave Nina the business, walked out. All Sunny said was, how's the baby? That's it. So it's not like we got a lot of Sunny Nina scenes, which I was really happy about. It was all about focus on Brando and Sasha. But, um... You know, we see kind of Nina get in Peter's ass, you know, kind of attempt to tell him off until Peter reminds her, like, hello, uh, the fact that you're still walking, like, I thought I killed you. If not, I definitely thought Carly was going to kill you. <laughs> so the fact that you're still out here walking, roaming the halls of General Hospital is, you know, kind of weird to me because, you know, Carly still must not know you fell in love with her man and he fell for you. And boom, Carly walks in, which we don't know what she heard yet. We really don't know what she heard. Um, obviously, we see some sort of one, two second clip about, go ahead, Nina, tell it, tell it all, tell it all, mention it all, as Bethany Franco would say. So we'll see what happens there. Um, again, I feel like a lot happened, but not a lot. I just feel like this is just the... Um, the arrow the pulling back of the arrow before everything kind of slinks forward i think if you will but i'm excited to see it um all play out i just i'm uh, i love carson but i'm just becoming so just confused on what carly's saying and how sunny's acting and i know this is tv and i know the writing is good because i'm just so like confused but then the writing confuses me about certain things too which we don't need to get into i'm happy we got a full um five you know, I'm happy we got full five episodes this week. I'm really excited for what's to come. I hope you all have a fabulous weekend. Like, comment, share. I want to know your thoughts on all of this. I want to know if you agree with me or disagree with me. And um, see you guys next Friday.